The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and happy Halloween. I am dressed in part of a costume because we're going to play a little game here this morning. Can you guess who Shannon is? Now you know that every year that Nancy Allspaugh Jackson and I dress up together as sort of a joint or somehow commenting on each other costume. So I don't have all of the elements of my costume on yet. So during this hour, this next hour with Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet, you guys can be writing in and saying who you think I am. Uh, but you won't know until I put all the elements on when Nancy gets here and we'll do the big reveal at the top of the next hour. Um, but wait until you see uh, our special guest and what she's dressed at. Uh, but I want to start by saying welcome to the show. We're going to be with you live for the next two hours talking about all things autism and hopefully having a little bit of fun. And we've got some great guests for you as well this morning. Uh, but we want you to interact with us here. And that's what makes things the most fun for us. I hope it makes it the most fun and informative for you. So we're going to show you some of the different ways that you can connect with us here. While you're looking at some of those ways on your screen, I want to remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. Now, I know that I've been promising you for six months that we are getting a retool on our website. Well, later on today, there will be a beta uh, test that will begin of our new website. That will be happening later on today. Um, but if you definitely want to be able to see it, you can check in tomorrow. And I'll tell you that that's going to be at beta, B-E-T-A dot autism hyphen live dot com. So it will absolutely be live tomorrow and tomorrow our Toy and Gift Guide for 2018 goes live on that site. And we added something to it this year because so many of you said last year you loved the guide, but then you had to go search for the toy and find a way to buy it. So wait till you see on the guide tomorrow. It's really cool. You can read all about the toy and we tell you which award we gave it and which segment it's in. But there is a button for you to purchase. You click it and it takes you right to a site where you can purchase it from there. A lot of times it's Amazon or directly from the toy uh, provider, but you're going to love it. So um, that's all happening probably later on today, but definitely tomorrow, beta.autism-live.com. But in the meantime, and still tomorrow, you'll be able to go to our regular site, which is just autism-live.com. Still lots of things to do there. If you click on the triangle on the computer screen, it starts playing the live show or the most recently recorded live show. And there is a, a live feature to the side of it where if you put your cursor 
in the box that says your comment. All you have to do is type and hit enter and it shows up on my screen. Um, that's only going to be live, that particular chat, for about another week. You'll see that when the other site goes live, there is at the bottom of the screen a little chat button. And if you push the chat button, a little window opens up and you can type. And still same thing, except that it's easier for me to find it. Um, because on the new site, it shows me what the most recent comment is, not what the first comment is ever. So we absolutely love that. I'll be able to read your messages in real time. It's going to be really exciting. So either way, you're still going to be able to contact us free and it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to reveal who you are. And that's a wonderful thing. Okay. Uh, so I mentioned that we have great guests today. Uh, in just a second, we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet, and she's here to answer your questions. So please feel free to write in your questions on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, wherever you want to, or on the live feature starting right now. I do have some questions from earlier. And uh, then later on in the next hour, we have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, where we will reveal what our couple costume is, our duo costume is. And then we've got some amazing, amazing guests, two authors, two books. It's going to be really exciting. I think you guys are going to love it. And we're going to look back on some previous Halloween things that we've done and even talk a little bit about how we get through this holiday plus the other holidays with our kiddos on the spectrum, wherever they are on the spectrum. But my friends, it is time right now for Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet is the... Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Grand Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet Grand is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampichet is here for, with us. And take a look. Is Today. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> there are no words. This is the best costume ever. <laughs> I have to tell you, I love the fact that at Card, everybody goes all in. Oh, yeah. And we're very serious about Halloween here. And you're the fearless leader of it. I think there's something about people who work with children that and that are so great with children that you are so willing to play of course you know it's funny i was thinking this morning when i was getting ready that uh, it's just we we did this we did this you know adamantly every year mm -hmm. because of the kids mm -hmm. right and now that we're at headquarters which is completely separated from the kids <laughs> we don't see the kids unless we go to one of our clinics <laughs> We still dress up because, you know, it is all about it. It's the kids' holiday. At CARD, we are very serious about it. As, you know, all those centers have competitions, and we have open house for the kids. And I love it. Yeah, it's I, wonderful. I love when new people come to work at CARD. Um, and and I, uh, the last couple of days, anytime I would ride in the elevator with any of the new people, I'd go, are you ready? Yep. And they would go, "What? ready for what? And I would say to them, because, you know, card takes <laughs> Halloween. This is serious business That's at right. card. That's right. And they go, oh, okay. And, I, and they were like, oh, it's okay to dress up as, <laughs> in costume? And I would say, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Not that you'll be picked on if you don't, because there are plenty of people who didn't wear That's a costume. True. But um, there was so much excitement on the floor today. People just squealing with delight at it's so fun. many different people. Yes, it's quite but, fun. I, but I got to say, I you know, I, I think you win everything because this is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely it's a hilarious. Fun costume, yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful costume and going to be so much fun asking questions with you. <laughs> 
Serena I know, Zoltar. I know. It's this too funny. Be... Okay, so uh, I do like to tell people that um, despite the silliness, Dr. Grand Pichet is, I believe, the preeminent expert in autism in our time. And really, is there any other time than now for autism? Because this is where it's happening. And uh, she's been working in this field for a ridiculously long amount of time. 40 is years. it 40 years? Yes, 40 oh, years. We're really yeah, saying 40 it's, years it's now. Wonderful. That, it, it is wonderful. Yeah. It is wonderful, and I'm glad that you look at that. It, it, look at it that way. Um, and has been working with everyone from very small children up through senior citizens. So uh, truly amazing. Plus, I don't highlight enough the fact that you were the founder of Autism Care and Treatment Today, which is to mm -hmm. date given away, I believe, they've crested the $2 million mark yes, now. Yes, uh, yes. $2 million worth of grants. You've, you've done a lot of wonderful things in the community. Thank you, you very you much. You donate this pleasure. hour to be with us to ask, uh, for people to ask questions. We do like to give the disclaimer, though, that no expert in this field or any other field of this nature could give individual specific advice in this format That's because true. you'd have to have eyes on and be looking at behavior. So she won't be giving you individual specific advice, but if you write in our, in our specific, you really get to um, talk to one of the brightest minds that there is about possibilities. She'll give you information that you can take back to the local expert who has eyes on the case and can tell you, you know, you'll be more proficient in talking to them about what's right, going on. Right, right. Okay, you. so uh, our first question mm -hmm. uh, that I promised someone on YouTube that I would get to today. My son is three and autistic. He has started screaming, and I've tried videos and singing to replace that, but it happens so much throughout the day that it drives me crazy. And he's getting ready to start preschool, and I worry about him, how he's going to do as well. Right. So what can we tell this mom? So, you know, we have to figure out the function of the screaming, and it could be so many different things. And depending on what the function is, and the function is, is the reason for the screaming. There's always a reason. Now, it's really important for our viewers to, to remember that these types of challenging behaviors are not part of the symptoms of autism. They are not a symptom of autism. They're, they're usually, these are things that kind of are a side effect in the, in the sense that in most cases, challenging behaviors are a form of communication. And sometimes they're just a form of self-symmetry behavior. So we're gonna give you some options that you can think about, unless you're live, in which case, please write to us and tell us when this occurs. Like to, to determine the function of a behavior, you have to figure out when the behavior happens and look at the situations right before it and right after it. Like what is evoking this behavior per se? So here are some options. Uh, a child could scream when they want access to something. So they want to get something like a tangible object or uh, and they can't reach it so they'll scream in order to get your attention that they want it. A child could scream if they want to avoid a situation. So for instance, they don't want to work, you ask them to do something and they'll scream in order to get away from, from the work. Uh, a child could scream because they just want your attention. So uh, they're not getting attention, they scream, you go over there and panic and do whatever it is to try to get them to calm down and that's the attention they want. Uh, or, you know, aside from all of those standard sort of functions, a child could scream just because they like the sound of, of screaming and they're playing and that's a self-stimulatory type of thing where they're playing with the sound. 
So it's really important to identify which one of these it is. Because if it's a self-stimulatory type of thing, like he's just screaming and there's no apparent reason and it, sound, it seems like he's enjoying it, then you need to take away his ability to hear it, which means every time he screams, you got to put some headphones on or something where he's not able to play with that sound anymore. If he's screaming if, because he wants access to an object, you have to make sure he does not get access to the object when he screams because that's not going to be what you, you don't want him to think it's effective to scream and get the object. If he screams in order to get outside or avoid the situation, you have to make sure he cannot avoid the situation. Uh, if he screams just to get attention, you have to make sure you don't give attention. Bottom line is you have to make the screaming ineffective. And that's why it's so important to figure out what he is trying to accomplish by screaming. What is the function? I, I'm kind of struck by, I, I know it's a little ridiculous. You're watching Dr. Grant Boucher. It's, 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 it's No, so no, it's, funny. it's Zoltar. But, you know, part of me wants to have a ding and have you put out a card that, yes, that has honestly. all the instructions. But it is sort of funny that, you know, you put a quarter into the Zoltar machine and, and yes. you get something, right. right? Which is exactly what the transaction is with your child. Absolutely. That, that you, you know, your, your child is, is doing something. He's mm -hmm. putting a quarter in you in hopes of getting a reaction always, Definitely. whatever it is. Definitely. And, and what he's discovered is if he puts the scream quarter into you, mm -hmm. he gets something. And if Absolutely. you figure out what it is That's right. and not give it then, because if you stand at the Zoltar machine and keep putting quarters in and the Zoltar machine never gives you a card, eventually you You'll go, stop. this is broken. I'm going to go on to another machine. That's right. And that's really what we want to do with our kids is get them to put a different quarter in or a different machine in. That's right. So we don't give them what the expectation was. Exactly. And figuring it out what the expectation is can sometimes be hard, but sometimes it's relatively easy. That's right. And the thing that I love that you guys tell us is that when there is something that happens that's called an extinction burst, is when you stop giving them whatever the thing is that they were putting the quarter in, initially they'll stop doing it. But then all of a sudden it's like they upped their game. Oh so, yeah, it'll be a major, major increase before it stops. It's kind of like the Zoltar experience exactly. you were saying. It's like, wait a minute, my quarter used to work before. I'm going to put five more quarters in there. Right. And then when they finally realize, nope, it's just not working anymore. Right, exactly. But what happens to us as parents is when they start putting more quarters in, we go, oh, look, it's not working. But what, what was told to me and what, what I love is when you see that uptick, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you know you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Then you know you just got to wait it out. You go, oh, I got it right. I just got to wait it out until this is over. Mm -hmm. and, and they exhaust themselves and then they move on. That's right. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. Absolutely. The uh, extinction burst is so important because when you give in during the extinction burst, like when you when the child has now increased the screaming and that's when you go give attention or give them what they want because you think things aren't working, you've now actually taught the child that louder screaming, excessive screaming is what's required. Yeah. So you've actually made the behavior worse without being aware of it. It's tough. It is, it's really, really tough. And I know you say all the time to, you know, get help if you need to when you're when you're doing something that you're going to put something on extinction that is what you're doing is saying i'm going to cut off the supply mm -hmm. of whatever mm -hmm. the reward is i'm going to stop rewarding this behavior right and that's a tough tough thing but 
I, I guarantee you that I've seen this work with my kid and I've seen it work with a bunch of other kids. When you find the right thing and you cut off the supply, mm -hmm. you're, you're just a short distance away from your life being better. Right. And their life being better. Absolutely. Uh, I, I always uh, tell the story about how the first time that I saw this was when my kid was hitting his head on the kitchen floor. And he would hit his head on, I would ask him to do something, and he would hit his head on the kitchen floor. And instead of making him do the thing that he needed to do, I would then scoop him up, rub his head, give him lemonade and cookies, mm. right? Because I was like, why is my baby hurting himself? And I was so, you know, in the, the turmoil that we get in and, and me thinking, is this the rest of our lives and what, what has gone wrong? And just in all the emotion of that. Mm -hmm. And the first time somebody was there to walk me through the you know putting it on extinction extinction and the therapist said to me go instead of responding to it we made sure he was safe and and locked up the room where he would bang his head on the floor so he could only you know hit his head on the carpet but when i walked away he didn't want to hit his head on the carpet anymore mm -hmm. he came over and started pulling on my pants because what he wanted was that attention right so they had me watering plants and dusting furniture and it was exhausting. It was so exhausting, and I almost gave up. But the therapist said to me, don't give up, stick in. And so when he finally did stop, my, my very nonverbal child, when he finally stopped and realized he wasn't going to get it by tantruming, he said, Mama. Hmm. And, you know, it was like, for me, the lights went on, and I went, okay, this thing works. Wow. This, this therapy works, and I have a part to play in it. Not that it's my fault, right, because we all get into blaming ourselves. It's not my fault. I didn't know what I didn't know. But if I change my behavior, he changes his behavior. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because there's so much in the world of autism where we feel like we don't have any power. Yeah. And, and I honestly, this is where you get the power back, is yeah. by paying attention. What is it they want? Definitely. Don't give it to them when it's something that they're doing that you don't want them to do, but do give it to them when they're doing something you do want them to do. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, uh, it works with it everyone. Works. Like, if you really think about it, and I don't want to, it's funny because I remember giving a, Many, many, many years ago, I was lecturing at UCLA. This is when I was a student there, a grad student. And I was giving a lecture for instead of my professor, Lovos, who wasn't there. And I was talking about this exact concept. And I, because everybody you're teaching are young students, right? And I was telling them it's the same, like with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, it's the same thing. If they do something bad, just don't pay attention, right? And then they will get, it'll get worse before it gets better. And once yeah. it gets better, that's when you want to pay attention. Yes, I don't know if my husband is watching, but he's, he's been ABA'd a time. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I would guarantee you that he is ABA'd back. as well. So there we have it. Um, it's, a, it's a fabulous, fabulous thing. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue on with more of your questions, and you can be writing in to us right now on the live feature on Facebook and on YouTube. Stick with us. Logan Shepard. At first glance, he looks like a typical American teenager. He plays in a band, loves hanging out with his friends, he doesn't like doing homework, and he's not really fond of broccoli. But Logan Shepard is not your typical 14-year-old. Logan was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. He was nonverbal, made no eye contact, 
and his parents were told to abandon all hope. Instead, his parents began an intensive intervention treatment. At its center was a quality ABA program known as the CARD method. This is Logan Shepard now. All I really want to say is like, I'm kind of copying Martin Luther King. I kind of have a dream like that one day, like I can just like inspire people and never give up. Cause like, that's what I want to do in life. Cause if I can succeed, they can succeed and I will succeed. To follow Logan's musical journey, visit www.facebook.com slash official drummer rock or at drummer rock on Instagram. For more information on the card method, visit www.centerforautism.com or call 800-345-CARD. Rock on, Logan. Welcome back to Autism Live and to Ask Dr. Doreen. We're here with Dr. Doreen Grampichet. It's Halloween. If you're just tuning in, you might be wondering who is Shannon dressed as? Well, you have to guess. Uh, it shouldn't make sense to you. I don't have all the costume elements on. It shouldn't make sense to you until my better half, Nancy Allspot Jackson, is here. We always dress together for Halloween. And a lot of times uh, we have to do a show before Halloween. This is a rare treat that Halloween is actually the day we're doing a show. Very exciting for us. So uh, you'll have to see that at the top of the hour, but you can write in and see if you can guess correctly who it is that I am. But I can tell you that I'm not wearing all of the elements of the costume yet. Uh, but we are also doing serious business answering questions about autism while we're having fun. Dr. Grampichet is dressed as the amazing <laughs> Zoltar today. It's one of the best costumes I've ever seen. It's you, difficult to give uh, advice wearing this, right? <laughs> well, but there is an element about it that's kind of appropriate. Yeah, but I keep true. saying that I, I want it to say ding. And you, do you have cards to give out? You have your fortune I have cookies. I have cookies, yeah. <laughs> Which my daughter was kind enough to go buy late last night because she was like, you have to give fortunes out. So it's, it takes true. a village, right? Yes. It absolutely takes a village. Halloween is such a hectic <laughs> time in our house. We had like glue guns and things oh, yes, out this morning yes. and everybody was helping everybody. Uh, in any case, we are, like I said, we're having fun, but we're also alternating with serious business answering your questions on Facebook, YouTube, and questions that have been written into us. So um, very serious question here. Is preschool important for children on the autism spectrum? What is recommended? A preschool for children on the spectrum or a neurotypical preschool? The hours of the, of the preschool conflict with my son's ABA hours. As of now, our ABA provider only has mornings available. I would hate to lose them. They are amazing. Mm -hmm. We get some form of this question a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, people mm -hmm. wanting to know, you know, how, honestly, how to prioritize mm -hmm. And, and what to do, um, and it's pretty individual, I would imagine. It is very individualized, but and the general rule, I would say, is that if your child is extremely high-functioning and is going to benefit from being around other children, then it becomes really important for them to actually be in a preschool environment and, and be able to play and interact and do all these fun things. But in general, I would say ABA will trump anything else because it is 
really, really important. Am I losing my mustache? Just Is that what's going on? Just That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's super, super important to be able to uh, have the ABA take place. I always say the mornings the kids are more uh, just, you know, awake and fresh and they can actually benefit more. So I, if I were you, preschool, your child is so young, you don't need to worry about it. I would actually do ABA, not worry about it, because when, the, the more important thing about schooling for our children is that, to, is A, they're high-functioning enough, or they get to a point where they are able to actually benefit from being in social environments. Most of our children, if your child is nonverbal or has very delayed communication, has delayed social skills and so on, Believe me, they're not going to just pick that stuff up by being around other children. They're not going to suddenly miraculously start playing. Even if your child is interested in other children, the ABA teaches the child how to interact, how to socialize, how to communicate appropriately. And then when all of that is done, you will be able to actually benefit a lot more from the school environment. I would suggest that you not worry about preschool, have your child do ABA, and then uh, uh, maybe if the child is free in the afternoons, you can still take your child to other social activities like a gym program or sports, athletics, those types of things, uh, or music, uh, any kind of like choir or whatever, those types of activities where they also will have access to other kids. Don't worry about academics at all, you have plenty of time, and then perhaps by kindergarten maybe one or two years you do intensive ABA and then by kindergarten you'll be ready to actually benefit from a school environment. Even when we integrate our kids into kindergarten or first grade we will send a, a ABA therapist with the child so that there is basically um, the child is never really alone and there's going to be a shadow with the child. So. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Uh, but again, if the child is extremely high-functioning, already able, uh, what, what we would have called in the old days Asperger's, then your child may benefit from preschool already now. Well, and you know, we're we've been doing a lot of talking mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. about um, listening for the question that isn't being asked. Um, and when I see a bunch of parents asking these same questions. Um, I'm always now asking myself, what's the question that isn't being asked? Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, one of the things that came up in conversation is that we, we love Disney, right? We mm -hmm. love Disneyland. And yes. Disneyland is considered the happiest place on earth. And one of the things that they do in their trainings there is that they teach their employees how to listen for the question that isn't being asked. Do you know what the most frequent question is asked on Main Street? Mm -mm. Is that people ask, what time does the 3 o'clock parade start? Interesting. What time does the three o'clock parade, parade start. start? And, you know, of course, you know, so normal people would want to be like, um, dude, it starts at three. three you, you gave yeah. me the information and the question that you asked. But Disney teaches their people. So what what are the questions that those people are really asking? It's a way of starting a conversation. If you think about it, it's mm -hmm. a lot how our mm -hmm. kids are, right? Mm -hmm. They do movie talk or whatever to open the conversation. Absolutely. But, you know, we do that, too. So here's the thing that I'm going to say about this is that I feel like when parents ask questions about should we do preschool or not, mm -hmm. that and what's the recommendation for it, that, that really what's happening is that school is putting pressure, saying That's you possible, have yeah. to bring your child 
that and family puts pressure and mm -hmm. says, yeah. why aren't you going to school? And, and school will sometimes make you feel guilty and like mm -hmm. you're not a good parent for keeping your child home for a year or two to do right. therapy rather than go to preschool. We're kind of bombarded with things. There's commercials that play on TV that say kids do better if they go to preschool, right? That's right. So it makes it hard for a parent to choose to do something else. And I can only say that that was my experience, that I had a, a, a wall full of people telling me, oh, he's got to go to school, he's got to go to school. Well, he was nonverbal and didn't know how to play with other kids. And we made the decision to put him in intensive ABA for at least a year before going to preschool from, from the time he was three to four. And man, the school acted like I had committed a crime. Yes. They sued us. What? They oh filed papers and sued us. Wow. To, to, because they wanted to be in open court and say that we had picked something that wasn't advantageous to make an example of us. So believe me when I say I know what it's like to Good be pressured Lord, and told. Crazy. And you know what? That year it changed his when life. I when I look back, like you know, people say, "What's the one thing you know for sure?" I know for sure we made the right choice that year. Mm -hmm. I get goosebumps when I think about what happened in that year and the difference wow. that that year made. And even the school, the first, you know, he went in for his first IEP, and they they you know did their assessment and they offered him the most severe placement, mm -hmm. uh, the most restrictive placement, and they considered him moderate to severe. A year at CARD intensively, intensively, where we ramped up to 40 hours. And at the end of the year, the school wanted to assess him again. Mm -hmm. And they sent somebody who'd never seen him before. And they offered him full inclusion. And our child was included thereafter. Wow. After one year. That's the difference that that year made. But please know that I had to fly in the face of my family mm -hmm. and, you know, friends who are educators and school administrators and appear before judges yes. um, and plead my case. So uh, there, was a, there were a whole lot of people telling me um, that this was not what was best. That's true. But I know for sure that it was. Um, so I put that out to you. If you're asking the question about, you know, should I, even though school is saying that he belongs at school, I, I am a former teacher. I know how great a school environment is if you're ready. And if mm -hmm. you're not... Mm -hmm then, we, you know, a year of doing ABA intensively can only help a child to be more ready. And for some kids, it might take six months. For some kids, it might take two Definitely. years or three years before they're ready to go into the classroom. But it's very individual, but I know that it's worth it. Absolutely. That's such a good example, too. I mean, I can't imagine that a school would actually do something like that. That's crazy. Oh, they sued us twice. That's unbelievable. A couple of years later, um, they sued us again. For this time for what? Because they they felt that what we were asking for was, was inappropriate. We were asking for um, for them. I have to be careful because of what I can say and what I can't yeah. say because of uh, settlements and things. But we were we I can say what we were asking for. We were asking for them to continue having card consult in the classroom, mm -hmm. um, and for them to contribute towards that. That's amazing. Um, so and they filed suit against us twice. I think I'm the only person I know that has had due process from the school filed against us twice. Wow. And whenever I say that around lawyers, they go, oh no, you mean you filed due process. And I go, no, I know exactly what I'm saying and what I mean. It's crazy and they did to it me. It's just amazing. Twice. That's okay. 
yeah. uh, we everything worked out, yeah. right? I yeah. didn't know it at the time, but it meant that we were asking for things that were right and they were afraid. That's right. Um, and, we, and you know what? It made it more likely, less likely for them to ever do it again to well, someone else. That's the thing. I do recall them telling me that they would never, ever, ever uh, vendor with card. That that would never, ever, ever, ever happen. <laughs> and of course, they vendor with card. Um, so there we have it. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with more of your questions. Stick with us. That's truly amazing. I guys, welcome back to Smarty. This month we're going to be creating a popsicle puzzle. As we do this fun activity, you'll notice these icons will pop up. These icons tell you important information about the skills we're using to create the craft and where you can find them on the skills program. Skills is an ABA based tool that helps parents create a curriculum that will help their children that are on the autism spectrum. Well, let's get started. The materials you'll be needing are popsicle sticks, tape, and arts and crafts materials. So step one, you're gonna take your popsicle sticks and lay them down and cover them with tape so they don't move around. Now that my popsicle sticks have been secured with tape, here comes the fun part. You're gonna take your arts and crafts materials, they can be paint, markers, whatever you have, and then you're gonna decorate this with a beautiful picture. This is the beautiful picture that I made. Now what I'm going to do is remove the tape. And now, as you can see, they come apart. And here is your awesome puzzle. Now, the fun part is trying to assemble the picture that you just made now that it's all been separated. I hope you enjoy this activity with me. Until next time, guys, craft on. To find more about skills and to access all of the lessons you saw in today's Smarty, visit skillsforautism.com and click on the parents icon, Skills, the online autism solution. Hi, I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're at the ABCs and XYZs of Special Needs Conference. And this year, for the first time, they've got something really remarkable. It's the Entrepreneurial Boutique. These are all items that have been made and are being sold by individuals who have special needs. So we're going to do a little shopping and talk to some of these fabulous entrepreneurs. Come on. My name is Molly Rarick and I'm founder of Reed's Gift. We're a nonprofit that serves teens and adults with special needs like Chase here. Uh, we were founded in 2013 and serve people in the Conejo Valley, Santa Barbara, and LA. Our main objective is to give our participants the skills they need to gain a more independent life. My name is Shelly Cox and um, Lisa Zalagi and I are founders of Creative Steps and Create Micro Business Enterprises. And the, the items that we're selling here today are all made by the clients who have uh, passions about what they want to make and then they get the profits from what they make after we've paid all of the other expenses. We are here today because um, 
I my goal is to be independent and also I would like to share all my artwork and I would like to sell. Thinking about at his young age being a businessman, you know, it's it's amazing. I cannot be more proud. Welcome back to Autism Live. We are here on Halloween with a very special episode. Uh, right now, it is during Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampiche is here with us. She is dressed also as Zoltar. Also known as Zoltar. <laughs> you, you do not need to adjust your computer. <laughs> it is what it looks like. Is, is that not the best? You know what's funny? Ever? It's because I'm laughing and smiling, and yet my face doesn't really change much like, <laughs> with these. It, it really but my doesn't. mustache does fall off a few times today. Yes, the so more she right. talks, the more. The I'll, more. I'll try to be careful. About no, 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 that, no. no. Yeah. We, we'd rather have the question and have the mustache. Yeah. Yes. Plus, it, which there's high comedy in the mustache <laughs> yes, falling off, so it's true. all okay. Uh, in any case, okay, so um, we've had a lot of people writing in lately about getting started at CARD, and I thought it might be interesting. Yes. This question in particular um, kind of cut to my heart. They said, I would like to make an appointment to see the therapist for ABA. Uh, can I call to make the appointment, or do I have to go online? It's too difficult. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's online. Yeah, no, you can call. You can definitely call. On, uh, go on our website at CARD and the Center for Autism. Uh, actually, actually, we should try to give them the phone number. Huh? I think I it's, I don't know what the admissions phone number is, but if you want to just call the reception, uh, you can call 818-345-2345. Uh, area code 818-345-2345 and then ask for admissions and they'll send you to admissions and then you can talk to them there. You do not have to necessarily go online. And I know that for, uh, there was a period of time when you could only call the 800 number, right? And then CARD made a portal mm -hmm. on the website so that you could get started at three o'clock in the morning if you wanted to and you could start uploading your documents and that's a wonderful thing. Um, but there was a period of time in which they were trying to get everybody to go on the portal because they wanted to see if that worked. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people have written in and said, I need help. I, and this would be me. I mm -hmm. am mm -hmm. inept. I, I'm realizing. Or we uh, need to make the portal easier if that's what's happening. Well, I think sometimes, you know, some of us, a lot of us weren't raised with technology. Of course. Right? Uh, and so too, yeah. it depends on your age and it depends on whether, you know, that stuff is intuitive for you or not. Or, or if you have access. I think some of the times we just don't have access to computers. And, and that's the case, too. But I, I love that in just a few days... Um, that there is now going to be a call center. That's right, that's right. And you'll be able to call, there's the phone number right there. Eight, thank you so much, Gabriel. 855-345-CARD. You'll be able to call in. That That um, call center is not active yet, although you can call the number and get through to someone or get a machine. But there will be a call center that's going to be coming so that all of these kinds of things can be dealt with individually. Right. Um, one of the things that I love about CARD is that they do listen. Uh, you know, and I know sometimes it takes asking more than once because it takes a couple of people to say, hey, I'm having that issue too. But CARD is responsive. I know a lot of you have written in and said that, you know, can we have more mm -hmm. for teens and adults? Mm -hmm. And there's a very exciting thing that's happening this Sunday in Duarte, California. They're having an open house mm -hmm. for the very first ever CARD Center that is specifically 
fourteens and adults. I know. I'm so excited about it. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. We it's a wonderful did thing. it. Yes. I know. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, we we now have full oh. hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it, my mindset. It's, it's like right on your necklace. Oh, okay, good, good. Right about. <laughs> It's actually, I said, full hilarity. Thank you. I think uh, I'm just going to leave it that way for be. the rest of the session. Um, but in any case, not to take away from the teens and the adults program. Yes. Um, th so this sa this Sunday, excuse me, um, in Duarte, California, there is a, uh, a new center. It is actually open now, but they're having the open house on Sunday. It's from 12 to 3. I know my son and I are going to try to drop by at some point during that uh, window of time. But... I I know that more will be coming, but and if it's something that you're not near Duarte, please make your voice be heard. Write in, and you can write in and tell me here in any of the ways that we have, and I filter all of that to meetings and let no, people know what it is you guys are asking for or what you guys are suggesting. Um, and when you have other things on your mind, other things that you're saying, hey, you know what would be great? Don't let that you know what they say, die in committee, uh, the committee in your head. Don't let it die in committee in your head. Write to us. Tell us. Uh, yesterday, I had something tremendous happen that somebody wrote in on YouTube mm -hmm. and asked us. They love our jargon piece, mm -hmm. and they, but uh, there were things, verbal operants, that I have not covered Mm -hmm. that I did not know about. Oh. Uh, they they were asked, but I just I knew about them, but I just didn't know that that's what they the were terms in there. were. And you put them in now? Uh, but I haven't yet, but I'm, I intend to. I just oh, have good. to get a little bit, um, you know, smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to learn about it before I can talk about it, yes, right? Yes, sure. But they were asking to do a piece on uh, textural, but not textural prompts about verbal operants, mm -hmm. which I had never thought of. I did not know they were verbal operants, I have to be honest. I okay. thought of it as a prompt, but not a verbal operant. Okay. And that they wanted uh, transcription. Mm -hmm. And then and when I was looking that up, I found out about uh, autoclitic, which I had, mm -hmm. ne I had never mm -hmm. heard that oh, term before, okay. ever. <laughs> I was like, what? There are things... There are things that I've never, ever you know, heard. Point, How much Shannon, more is there? You need to get your BCATs, I'm telling you. I, you know I took the test. Did you really? I, I passed with know. flying colors. In so, the very first time it was offered. Then, then you uh, have but to. But I didn't, I didn't do all the rest. Because like, there's a lot of hours you have oh, to do. Yes, it. But I, but I passed the test. That's First wonderful. time it was offered. Of course. Amazing. Thank you. Yes, Good job. Absolutely. Wanted to see if I could. I encourage all parents. We should talk, talk for just a second about what the bee cat is. Absolutely. Do you want us to tell them or you want me to tell them? Maybe you should so I don't have to deal with my <laughs> mustache that's falling off. You know, it's, it's this funny. Is, I told you this morning I was dealing with the beard. So I ended up crazy gluing the beard, but I'm not going to crazy glue the mustache, let I me still, tell you. I'm still worried scary. about the fact that you crazy glued the bottom It's going to be fun it. taking it off tonight. What's funny is if you, like, take the box off for just a second, if you yes. don't see the box, you yes. look a little like Mario. I do. So that's cracking me up a little bit. Okay. Yes. Um, so BCAT, which stands for Board Certified Autism Technician. We've talked a lot on the show before about the RBT, which is being a registered behavior technician. Um, and when you become a registered behavior technician, that's a fabulous thing. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's specific to autism. 
depending on where you study and, and which course you take, you know, you might find out about more about things that are about ABA but not autism specific. But BCAT is very specific to autism. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really fabulous thing. If you are somebody who has a child who's on the autism spectrum and you're like me as a parent, I, I still have a sign when we moved recently, I moved it, um, that says, Jem's uh, team is only as strong as its weakest oh, player that. and I will not be the weakest player on the team. I, I will that. not, yeah. right? So if you feel like me and you wanna learn more, there is a wonderful website where you can go and take online classes for very inexpensive uh, amount, less than one college class to take the entire course to become an RBT or a BCAT. Um, and that's at ibehavioraltraining.com. ibehavioraltraining.com. You can do it at your own speed. Like you really, you know, to take the coursework, to be ready to take the test, you could do it as quickly as one week. If oh, you yeah. Were, if you were doing yes. nothing else. Because it's 40 you hours. You definitely yeah. could, yes. So, um, but if you want to take a long time, the thing when you do the RBT, if you're going to take the coursework and then um, and, and do the RBT, you have to complete it within six months. Um, so that's the only thing with that. But there, right now, you could register to take the test for the BCAT. Mm -hmm. um, I took it and, and I passed. Yes. And, and I love that a lot of people study for the BCAT by watching our jargon. Oh, that's so great. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So, um, but I don't remember autoclitic being on the BCAT exam. Maybe I don't think not. it was it's on It's a little bit more, yeah, advanced and sort of uh, it's not It's more really... Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. I found out yesterday. I did some research. I was down the rabbit <laughs> hole. Uh, <laughs> what autoclitic? What, oddly enough, we were talking about self-language and how we think mm -hmm. in our head mm -hmm. the other day, and mm -hmm. I just didn't know the term. That's it. So there we have it. Okay, moving on. Uh, should we take a break, or do you want another question? I'm good. Okay. So, uh, hi, I'm a new BCBA and I am struggling with joint attention with my new client that has a lot of self-stimulatory behaviors. I, have, uh, I only have one hour a week with him oh, wow. and even though I have sanitized the environment, I bring new novel toys with me every week. He is happy making noises and walking back and forth in the room and does not sit with me. I know you will know how to help me. I love the show. Well, thank you. We love you back. That's lovely. Yeah, very I nice. do want to point out that it's a BCBA, which is a board-certified behavior analyst, and so they're saying that they only have one hour a week. I don't want anybody to think that this child is only having one hour a week of therapy because right. that would be pointless. Yeah. I don't really think you should be focusing on advanced concepts like joint attention at this point. I think what you're trying to, I mean, you're referring to it perhaps as joint attention, but I think what you really need here is just for the child to be attending to you and able to uh, interact with you or be, be start to become compliant, or let's just say be aware of you, your request. So, um, he is no making noises and walking back and forth. What I would do right now is I would just start with a primary reinforcer, like a food item that the child wants, and uh, I would ask the child to come and get it from you, and I would do a very, very minimal request. So either a brief moment of looking at you or even just coming and getting it from you and then gradually coming sit, sitting down and getting it from you and then gradually coming sitting down and then prompt for eye contact and getting it from you. In other words, if this is a child who has been running around all the time, 
uh, they're not, and, and it looks like you're having a hard time even getting his attention with toys, I would drop the primaries. Start using a primary reinforcer and reduce your demand to the most very basic and then shape it up from there. It's always nice to speak with a BCBA because you can just throw in all the jargon. <laughs> and shape it up from there. Um, okay, but uh, there was something that you said, though, that I was thinking, oh, for parents, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, tell us why food. Because parents mm, sure. go, why does sure, it have sure. to be food? Why does everything have to be food-centric? Yeah, so it's not about the food. There are just certain things that are primary reinforcers. That means that they are naturally reinforcing without being taught. So, for instance, to, to adults, it's possible that we could say, let's say, um, money is a reinforcer. Obviously, everybody works. That's why we go to work. We work in order to get money. But money is not a primary reinforcer. It's actually a token. It's a secondary reinforcer, which essentially means that it is something that has been associated with primaries. So one of the, the primary, the main reason we want money is to purchase food. Uh, you know, if you think about it, survival, right? Or uh, comfort or those types of things. So anything that is naturally reinforcing, so such as food, is considered to be primary. Anything that is learned is a secondary reinforcer, and primaries are more effective. With our kids, it's very, very hard often to determine what their secondary reinforcers are. Like a lot of times we think that our children should like one thing or another, but hey, they don't. Like if you, some children hate being touched or hugged. Other children crave it. Some children, uh, you know, like uh, wa the feeling of water on their face. Other people, other children hate it. Some children uh, will love the attention you give them. Other children are completely indifferent to attention or they're disturbed by the sound of it. So it's very hard. And when you have a hard time identifying what is reinforcing, you always drop down to the primaries because that's re naturally reinforcing for everyone. That's the real reason. And then you get away from it, obviously. You will ultimately not want to live with primaries as your pr only reinforcer, but you will gradually pair the primary now with social. Like one of the first things we do is we reinforce a child by giving a small piece of food, but we're also cheering and or hugging or so on, and so that over time, the child's primary reinforcer is paired with the social. A lot of, a lot of times with our kids, they're not enjoying the social yet. I see a smile on your face. Is the mustache falling again? Or? Yes, but I'm just laughing at something that my husband wrote in because he is watching. He said, I love that you're asking Zoltar, do you want to take a break or shall I ask you another question? <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. okay. Uh, back to the primary reinforcers. I totally derailed this. Um, so I think it's really important because parents, we don't... We, Reinforcer speak yes. isn't isn't the thing that we're. But what I what I know is that a lot of times, and it goes hand in hand with talking about our toy guide, because we want our kids to play, we want our kids to mm -hmm. hug us, we want our kids to talk. We have all this this list of things that we want our kids to do, and we don't know how to get them to do it. And and experts mm -hmm. will come on the show and talk about well reinforcing them. Parents write in and go, but what if my kid doesn't like anything? Right. The truth of the matter is is that everybody has primary reinforcers. That's right. And and maybe your kid is, you know, food sensitive and doesn't like a lot of things, but kids generally will like at least one thing and that's the place you start. Right. And if they don't necessarily like one thing, you just don't overfeed them. Like in other words, hunger is a natural thing that happens to everyone so at some point or another every human being 
will want food and drink and drink and those are the two things that you use <laughs> until you can figure it out yeah i know this is like You're just complete ca <laughs> comedy today i apologize but no, no no and i'm sorry that i keep attending to it um <laughs> but in any case i've been around bcbas way too long that i just said i'm attending to it okay <laughs> yes, anyway yeah. i've turned to the dark side did everybody see that um but i it's really, it's so, I know, because I was this parent, mm. that it's this frustrating thing where you kind of box yourself in the corner where you say, well, I don't want to do something that's unnatural, but I want to figure out how to teach my child. Right. And I think what's important for people to know yes. is that it, it, like everything else in life, it changes. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to end up reinforcing your child by feeding them, you know, little pieces of potato chip the rest of their lives. Right. That's not what's going to happen. It's just a stepping stone right. into other things. That's if right. done properly, That's right. and if you're paying attention, that will be faded away. The thing that is loved will be paired together with something that they have a neutral exactly. reaction to until they love that thing. Exactly. And then you have a wider variety of things and you don't have to do food all the time. That's right. And eventually you fade it out so that there is no reinforcement um, for those things anymore. That's it, exactly It right. is beautiful how it works. I don't know why we're okay with things like a pacifier or giving a child a lollipop or whatever, but we're not okay with this, you know? So we Because of us. It's yes, not, it's, it's just because us of defining us. what's okay. Yes. That's right. That's I know right. I was like, I have, clearly, I have issues with food. Food mm -hmm. is my big reinforcer. And I did not want to put that on him. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want them to use food as a reinforcement. I was the biggest pain in the neck about it. Mm -hmm. The biggest pain in the neck about it. You were worried about it, yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't just worried about it. I was like, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was that horrible parent. Um, and they would wheedle around me a little bit and say, just for this, can we just do it for this? Mm -hmm, and I would mm -hmm. go, all right, but you know, you're giving him a hot dog. There's no candy. Mm -hmm, We're not mm -hmm. doing candy. Uh, there was one therapist in particular who really wanted me to do gummy bears. And I was like, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. There are no gummy bears coming into my house. Everybody in my family is diabetic. We're not, we're not giving a two-year-old a gummy bear. Like it was the worst mm -hmm. Thing that could ever happen in the I world. Yeah. Um, like she was gonna feed him toxic poison. <laughs> Honestly, that was my reaction to yeah. it. Um, and we didn't do the gummy bears. We survived. I sure. think it took us longer to do what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. the other thing I want to say, though, too, now that we brought up the food and allowing a child to get hungry, because I don't want people to write in and go, "You're starving children." That's not what we're talking no, about. No, not at all. At all not at all. Um, but it's it's like. You know, I I love when when other parents ask me how is it that I get my child to eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. The trick that I learned from a good friend who has children who are not on the spectrum was she said I know that there are certain times of the day when they're automatically hungry and that's when I put out a plate of vegetables when I'm cooking dinner, and they come home from school. There's a plate of raw vegetables that's there and it's amazing that's how a they good point. how they get Absolutely. eaten because. And, and I love when, when people say, well, my kid won't eat this and my kid won't eat that, but they go on vacation mm -hmm. and they're at the hotel and they don't have the thing and suddenly their kid will eat other things. Definitely. Because hunger wins, but we're not talking about, you know, doing the Joan Crawford thing where you feed them the same pork chop no, of for course not. No, 17 of course. meals. Right, we're not, right. No. We're not talking about that at all. We're just saying being mindful and choosing what you give and when you give and not feeding them every hour on the hour. When you uh, need food to be effective. It's like yeah. toys, it's the same thing. If you give a child 100 toys a day, no new toy is going to be interesting. Right, so. right. 
There you have it. Okay, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so I want to get to this last one. We mm -hmm. need a functional behavior analysis for a young, uh, our young adult family member in Tacoma, Olympia, Seattle area. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it says, missed everyone just seems to have, oh, most everyone uh, just seems to have child clients, not adults in this area. Mm. Um, we have an office. That's we up do, there. and of course we do FDAs for adults as well. Yeah. So please contact our office up there. Centerforautism.com, and take a look. Um, all you have to do is scroll down by state. Um, so that would be Washington, yes, or Oregon, Seattle, I Washington, confused. I guess. And yeah. So find, but there are, we have offices. We have an office in uh, Tacoma. Yes. We so. Do. Um, and look and see if there's one that's closer because you said it's this area. And but you know you can still call the number that we put up uh, earlier, and and say I want a functional uh, behavior analysis. If it is assessment, ass excuse me, assessment. And uh, if it's, I, I will say that if it's somebody that's in school and the behavior is happening in school, schools are supposed to. That's right. Have someone who can come and do an FBA. They must have one. Yes, they have to. They're supposed to. Yes. I mean, I've met places where they say, yeah, on paper they have somebody, but that somebody serves 18 school districts right, and, right. and we can get an FBA in about a year. The other thing is, and I can't find my skills tent anywhere, but skillsforautism.com. Um, that you can go there and they have uh, an indirect Yeah, that's a CIFA. So that's, you would answer a bunch of questions on there. It's called an indirect functional assessment. That, so you're answering questions and then it helps you identify the function. There you go. Yep. Um, so there's that. Uh, we, I, I, I hate to end the show, but we have to. This is hilarious. It's this been a pleasure. Been so Thank you for fun. tolerating my... <laughs> Falling off mustache. And do you have a fortune for us, Zoltar, I do. before you leave? Here we oh, go. Okay. You're going to have to choose the fortune, okay. and then you can open it okay. and see what it says. And this will be for all of us. Uh, oh, a bold and dashing adventure is in your future within the year. Wonderful. This year, mm -hmm. I would assume then. Uh, this is for all of us, a bold and dashing adventure. Uh, and then we have lucky numbers so that we can win the, the Powerball. I'm so disappointed that we didn't win this last time. I know. I had plans. <laughs> I, I had plans for all of us. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Nancy Allspot Jackson will be joining us, and then you will get to see the big reveal. Plus, we have two authors, two counting two, that we're going to be interviewing um, during this show. Stick with us. Do you provide care services to someone with autism? Recently, more and more children are being diagnosed with the condition and getting the support they need as awareness grows. But what happens to these children as they grow up? It's estimated that over half a million youth with autism will turn 18 in the next decade, and they'll be faced with a very difficult reality. As children with autism grow up, their services start to disappear or become very difficult to access. Things like medical care, mental health counseling, vocational training, and more. All services that are still desperately needed. The loss of support that youth with autism face as they grow up is so severe that it's referred to in the autism community as falling off a cliff. Adults with autism need the same level of support they had as children to avoid falling off the services cliff. Introducing Skills Living the web-based software designed specifically to help transitioning youth and adults with autism so they can avoid the cliff and instead fly to success. 
With Skills Living, help your learner with autism develop the skills they need in all the critical areas of adult life, including self-control, planning, and problem-solving, effective communication, performing life skill tasks for independent living, acquiring and maintaining employment or other meaningful activities, developing and maintaining social skills and relationships, accessing transportation and public services, and being safe. Skills Living includes a comprehensive assessment, a data collection mobile app, behavior intervention plan builder, and automatic progress reporting. It also provides a complete curriculum addressing 16 key areas spanning the entire range of functioning adulthood. Skills Living is easy to use and can be implemented by schools, parents, and autism service providers. Call or click today for your free demo and see how Skills Living can help your learner with autism avoid the cliff and instead reach their fullest potential. Skills Living. Wish. Learn. Become. What would you do if your child was hurting? If your family's future was uncertain. If help seemed out of reach. Have you been given no hope? Taka means I am not alone in this. This is the reality for families affected by autism. And today, the number of children with autism is growing more rapidly than ever. Taka unites these families and shows that they do not have to fight this battle alone. Our oldest son, Jared, who has autism, um, when we first um, took him to the doctor to get the diagnosis, you know, it, it's so sad because they offer you nothing. There's no help. There's no hope. One of the things that you learn with autism is being very grateful for even the small milestones. You know, when you first get the diagnosis, there's, you go through all the range of emotions. You know, this can't be happening. Why is this happening? You have to get to a point where it's the emotion that has to be leading is, what can I do? The first thing that struck me was walking to a room and seeing, oh my gosh, we're not alone. And there is this very strong community that's already set. And something I still today associate with Taka the most is hope. To me, that's what Taka means. Taka means hope. It's like you've got all these dreams and goals of what your son's going to do and you get your diagnosis and you're sent home and that's it. There's no plan of action. There's no here's autism. Here's what we're going to do to make your life better and help him. It's strictly go home and try to process it and go on the internet. It was devastating and you just, you know, you go through this three week of depression and then you snap out of it. You have to. And then you start making phone calls and trying to figure out what is autism and what are we going to do. And then we found Taka and it was life changing. Autism, there really is no definitive answer. It is trying to find the, the resources that are out there that can assist you to help your child so that you, know, you just don't feel so helpless at those particular moments. There was direction and there was hope and there was a little ray of sunshine that he's gonna be okay and we're gonna be okay. I always look back and think we would never be where we are. Carson wouldn't be where he is at without Taka. So 13 years ago, my son was diagnosed with autism, and that put our whole family into a tailspin. There were so many different ideas and things that were not proven. Nobody knew what, to, what guidance to give us. We had no direction. 
And then we found Taka. They helped give us a path to follow, help give our son a better future and make him healthy and put him back onto the, to the road of recovery. When your son's first diagnosed, the first thing you hope for is, gosh, I just want my son to speak. I just want to be able to communicate with him in some way. Then you want a little more. You want him to go to a regular school. Then you want him to potentially have a real life and go to college. So you're always hoping for the future of your child. My son is a happy, healthy, vibrant young boy that's going to turn 15 really soon. And we couldn't be more pleased. And without Taka, I don't think we'd be in the place that we are today. We believe the future is not defined for many affected by autism. There is hope and direction for these kids and their families. TACA is dedicated to providing community, support, education, and hope to families affected by autism. At TACA. At TACA. At TACA. We are families with autism helping. Helping. Helping families. Helping families with autism. Hi, my name is Matt. I am 19 years old and I was diagnosed with autism when I was six years old. Autism is one of the fastest growing developmental disabilities in the United States, but I am living proof that with the right treatment, hope is possible. My future is not limited. Today, I am attending Fullerton Community College and I run for the cross country team for fun with my friends. It makes me feel proud when I think about my progress. Chances are you know someone affected by autism. Show them they are not alone and help others get on the road to recovery. Contribute to talk about curing autism today. Hello, I am Oliver Hardy, and this is my cohort, Mr. Stan Laurel. <laughs> Stanley? Hello, Ollie. <laughs> and here we are. It all makes sense now, yes? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I had stopped dressing up for Halloween until I met you. Right. <laughs> and... And then Nancy drugged me kicking and screaming uh, back into the Halloween scene. But I quite enjoy it. I have it to is say. fun. It is fun. I have to say it's very fun. And and I was saying to Dr. Grand Pichet that you and I start talking about it in like what March, April, yeah, somewhere that we. But we couldn't come to any kind of a decision this year. No. Until what like I you know like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but there is a movie that's coming out about Laurel and Hardy. Right. Uh, in January, I think. Uh -huh. And so we thought, well, you know what? We haven't been men before. Right, right. And a, a little later, when Gabriel tells us it's safe to, we're going to recap some of the characters that we've been okay. in the past. That'll be fun. Uh, but thoroughly enjoy being here with you. It, it and, is always fun. 
And and the point was made to me earlier that next year we could just be um, Abbott and Costello, and it's basically the same costumes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can just save ourselves. Uh, so anyway, uh, great deal of fun. Uh, but we've got a, a big show. Uh, uh -huh. Let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy two this morning. Today. Yeah, two fabulous authors. You've got the books right there. Yes. Trevor Priscelli. Yeah, six word lessons on growing up autistic, which is very helpful. Uh, so we're going to love From talking about that in a little as while. Young with man him. on the spectrum. And then Lisa Combs. Push to open a teacher's quick guide to unirol design for teaching students on the autism spectrum in the general ed classroom. Well, and I can't wait to talk to her. You know, universal design is the big, that's the big buzzword. Oh, is you know, it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's what everybody's talking about. Okay. And should be talking about so that, you know, anybody can access it. When, I, you know, I have had quite an education in the last couple of years from my friends who are on the autism spectrum and that are older about the fact that I have very ableist thinking and don't even notice. And mm -hmm. I think we're all guilty of this. Right. You and I both grew up in homes where there were people who were disabled. Right. And I put the quotation marks on because my mother was born physically handicapped, uh -huh. but never, ever considered herself disabled. Right. Right? She, that was offensive to her. Um, but to anybody else's taste, she would be considered, uh, you know, both of her legs were born facing backward mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, walked in braces most of her life. And by the time uh, she had kids, she spent a lot of time in wheelchairs and on crutches. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I grew up. I, oh, I didn't know I that. thought when I became uh, an adult that I was going to get a limp. Because my mother would, would do a surgery and then she would be able to walk for a little while, but she would limp. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, when you grow up, you get a limp. Uh -huh. And that was what I thought, that I, okay. that, you know, that someday I'll get my limp. Right. Was my thought process. Um, and my mother found that out. She was horrified. But, you know, I grew up that way. You, of course, had a brother. Had a brother with Down syndrome. Yeah. So we grew up in houses where other things were taken into consideration. But even so, I, there are things that now that I go, oh, well, now I didn't think about that. Right. Um, I tend to notice it now. We were at a, a, a pharmacy the other day, and there was a big sign that said, for Braille instructions, inquire here uh -huh. in type. Uh -huh. And my son went, who is so stupid? <laughs> and you make a big letter sign uh -huh. saying, for Braille instructions, inquire here. You know, right. and it's things like that all the time, and things like that happen in the classroom. So universal design is a very, very hot buzzword for the okay, classroom, great. which I love. So anyway, uh, we got the two of them, but we have some in the news first. We have some Shall in the news first, in? yes. Did you watch 60 Minutes on Sunday? I, is that when the story aired? Yes. No, I did not uh, see it. And I have to be honest that I did not see the entire article, but um, a very interesting there were a lot of things on 60 Minutes this week that, man, were dense and intense and make you sometimes go, is there any hope for humanity? Right. And they always try to give you something that's uplifting. culturally uplifting and makes you have hope in, in humanity. It's almost always the last story, and this was the case this week. Uh, I don't, I can't even, uh, Jap Van Sweden, uh, yes. he is the new conductor. Of the at, New York Philharmonic. Yeah. And um, very interesting conductor, interesting style, interesting life. Just so happens he has a kiddo on the spectrum. Right. Just Who's so an happens. adult, not a 
kiddo anymore. Right. But they're you know, I, I call them, they're, they're always all kiddos, our kiddos, right? Right. right. Um, but um, found it interesting. One of the things you could watch and the side for more information, you know how they do that on 60 Minutes mm -hmm. and more information about this, you can go and watch. They have a side article talking with him and his wife about how they used music to get him to talk. Uh -huh. It's very interesting because they use a technique that is very widely used in ABA, uh -huh. but they're, they don't call it that, but they are saying, you know, this is how we got him. Um, and they did it kind of inadvertently. They didn't know that it was a teaching technique, right. but they would constantly have music on. He's a mm -hmm. conductor, you know, mm -hmm. they're a musical family. And they would play these, these um, songs and sometimes they would, you know, uh, like, something would happen and, um, you know, the, the CD would skip or uh -huh. something and a word would be missing and he would get very, very upset. Right. And so then they were like, huh. And um, eventually they started singing the songs to him mm -hmm. and they would pause. So singing something like the ABCs. Right. Did you do this with Wyatt? Yes. Wyatt spoke pretty early, early, very early and continued to speak. So you he didn't have to, to fight, speak, but he lost a lot of language. Did, did oh, you yeah. have to fight to get it back? Yeah. I felt like that was all we did the first right. two years. But so the whole thing of, you know, you sing the ABCs, A, B, C, D, and you mm. sing it over and over and over right. and over and over again. Right. And then, so that it just is playing in the background over and over and over. And then you say A, B, and you pause. Right. And they, you know, like they have that expectation and then that, you know, you can prompt them. Mm -hmm. um, but then eventually they say, see, right. And then you, yay. And you continue on. And then you leave more and more letters out right. over time and different letters out. And they begin, you know, you can do that in a sentence, uh -huh. you can do, but with songs. So they did it with songs, with words. Yes. And, and um, that's so, how he became verbal. So he began, because he wanted so bad for the song to continue and they made it clear to him, then you say it. Mm -hmm. And he knew it because it had played so many times. Twice. Uh, it's just like, the, I was telling a group the other day that um, when we taught Jem um, letter or numbers, we were, you know, we would do one, two, three, but mm -hmm. we would make it fun. So I would be tickling him and I, and then I would pause and he would be like, huh, and I would go one, two, three, and then I would tickle him some more. Right. So he learned the one, two, three, but then, and he liked the tickles. So then I would go one and he would go two, three so that I would tickle him. Right. And, and we got that when he was little, we couldn't get past three, but he could do three. But parents have been doing this forever. Teachers have been doing this right, forever. You right. do something repetitious over and over and over, and then you leave part of it out. It's got to be reinforcing. Right, you know? right. It's got to be something they love. Their son loved these songs. Mm -hmm. My son loved the tickles. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a way to get sentences longer, right. to start words. Right. It's one of the reasons why we encourage people to start with bubbles, because mm -hmm. there's the whole thing with you blow the bubbles, and then you go, then, so you blow bubbles, the child loves the bubbles, then you go, ba ba bubbles and then the bubbles come out, uh -huh. ba ba bubbles over and over and over again, and then you go, ba ba and you don't say the third ba and, and you will see their lips will move, uh -huh. and do the, even, even kids with apraxia, their lips will move. Um, and eventually you can get them to the ba, and then uh -huh. you get to the bubble, and then the bubbles, uh -huh. and that's, you know, a way, but bubbles have to be reinforcing in order right, to Right, right. Okay. It's all cool. But so I loved it in this story. They, I thought, great. They used reinforcement to teach him language, music yes. reinforcement. And then um, 
they started the Papagino Foundation, which offering arts and music therapy projects for children and young adults with autism. So definitely check and, that out. Yeah, and the next step for the foundation is was to create a permanent living space that would provide both security and autonomy for the residents. It has 12 borders at a time, and it's got it's a safe haven where young people in the autism spectrum can participate in art and music classes. There's also a culinary school. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, so from that happy, happy story, moving on, uh, we do have a story that is uh, not pleasant. So if you've got little kids, right. maybe not the thing that they want to hear. Uh, in Independence, Missouri, a 17-year-old has been charged with robbery and two minors have been put in juvenile detention after a disturbing video was posted on Facebook showing an assault of a 13-year-old with autism. And the victim's mother has mm -hmm. said that she wants them, those who are responsible, to be held accountable. Her son is Alexander Schrader. He's seven. Oh, no, excuse me. The perpetrator is uh, Alexander Schrader, 17, is charged with one count of first degree robbery, and he's being held on a $100,000 cash only bond uh, in relation to this attack that was on the video. It's Emily Bridges, who's the mom. Uh, her, it's her 13-year-old son, Darren, who mm. had bruises on his face when mm -hmm. he came home. And they actually pulled <clears throat> a gun on him. Yes. Um, and, uh, like, I I will tell you, so much of what I read, usually I'll go and watch the video, but so much of what I read said it's so disturbing mm -hmm. um, that I didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently it's out there, and you can watch it if you want to. But they were yelling at him, telling him to kiss their feet. Mm. You know, we talk on the show a lot about how there are four usual suspects for why people do things that uh -huh. are challenging behaviors. The truth is there's five. Um, but our kids with autism usually only engage in the first four until they're adults and have learned other things from other people. But the fifth one is control. Uh -huh. That sometimes people just want to have control. And, and sometimes the things that people do when they feel the need to take control are so insidious. It just, it's so disturbing mm -hmm, to me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I you know, I want these kids to be held accountable right. because they need to learn that you can't do this. But I, I do hope that somebody looks into their lives to find out why, as 17, you feel so out of control that you would do this to another person. Right, exactly. Because that is just... Horrific, just horrific. Um, but we're hopeful that uh, justice will be served in this case and that this young man will be okay. Right. And okay. then there's a <laughs> science story about yes. unique patterns of neural communications found in the brains of children with autism. Uh, a research team studying MRI scans of school-aged children's brains found unique patterns of neural communication involving the amygdala, the area of the brain responsible for processing social information. As Technology gets better, and as there are more kids with autism, uh, we're having more studies being done on the brain mm -hmm. where, where families are allowing their children to have MRIs That's done. That's right. And we're getting to, and, and where they're interacting with them and seeing while they're in doing the MRI actively what parts of the brain light up, which don't. There was, I remember one of the first articles that I ever read about autism because I kept, I kept saying, well, what is it exactly? How did this happen? And, and I remember somebody telling me that, um, imagine, well, first of all, that it's 
pretty typical that our kids' brains are bigger right. than the average brain, um, and that there was a period of time in which the brain, almost like it was infused with yeast, and mm -hmm. it just grew mm -hmm. way faster than it should have, mm -hmm. so that we have three-year-olds with adult-sized brains. And that okay. what happened is yeah, that I'm all the wiring that grew so fast, so all they right. have long distance but no local service. Mm -hmm. So they might be able to, at three, be able to do calculus, right. but they don't know how to say hello. Right. And, and that really resonated with me. And, and now it's how many years later, 14 years later, and they're starting to bear this out with actual pictures of brains. We've seen Temple Grandin's brain. I encourage people to check out, if, you're, if this kind of thing interests you, this is out of San Diego University, just came out this week. Um, that they're, they're saying that the communication between different regions of the brains in kids with autism, that it takes unexpected exits, that there are detours for no apparent reason, mm -hmm. that the way that things travel through the amygdala is just different. Right. Just different. Yeah. So fascinating. fascinating. Check it out. Science. <clears throat> All right. Cool. We've got uh, two great guests, as we said, Trevor Vaselli and Lisa Combs, both authors. We're going to take a break and come back with Trevor, so stick with us. When Maddie was diagnosed, I'll be honest, I was very ignorant on what autism was. I knew that autism was basically something that hit boys at the age of two to three and shut down. And with Maddie, she was doing all the same signs and symptoms as a typical child with autism spectrum disorder. Stand up. I was thinking that we might be moving somewhere so that people could assist us either in the house or us going to see our daughter because she was shutting down to a point that she wouldn't even recognize you being there by putting your hand in her face and yelling her name. She didn't even acknowledge us coming into the room. She had barely any eye contact. She didn't interact with her sisters. She didn't really do anything. She just basically lined up her toys and that was about it. With eight volunteers, including my husband and I, and I'm the team leader, and so I do all the curriculum and, and get everything ready each week. Jana was downstairs until 11 o'clock at night working on curriculum, going through two different textbooks. Oh, look, who's that? And then we, as a group, meet on Monday nights, and we would go through what the curriculum was from Jana. And a lot of times we would go, well, how exactly do you do that? How do you sit her at the table and, and do this trial base? Yeah! What skills has done for us, it's taken that away from Jana trying to figure out the curriculum for one. She can go down, or on our, even our laptop, and she can sit down and through all these questions, it comes up with the different programs. At least for me, it was a relief off my shoulders. I was worried that I might be missing a curriculum that maybe she needs to know, where skills, they have every, every possible thing your child needs to know from zero to seven. They have a program for that. What noise is this? Every program that we did with her, I knew it was specific for what she needed to learn. Because before skills, it was a lot of, okay, well, is that really age appropriate for a two-year-old? You know, because it's not generalized. It's anywhere from zero to seven. This is what your child needs to know in most, in most manuals you'll find. But for this, okay, yep, yeah, she should be learning this. And no, she's not four yet. She doesn't need to know that yet. 
we are so fortunate that Jana was able to attend a conference put on by CARD that opened the door for skills and that um, there's no looking back for us. We started using the program in November and it seemed like by January something just clicked and she has completely kind of came out of her fog that she was in for quite a while. I have never read a documented case on any child that has not benefited anything from applied behavior analysis and uh, now with this new skills and being you know like the E version of ABA I can't imagine that it doing anything harmful to their child. It, it's nothing but exponential growth for us. To see her now, it, is, it just blows us away. I mean, we call her our little miracle child because in seven months' time, she has just blossomed into this normal, functioning child. She is developing roundly. She is socializing. She's playing with her peers. She's learning from her peers. It's very joyous. Maddie, can you tell me what you see outside? No. No? If you're even thinking about doing it, do it. Because the absolute worst thing you can do is do nothing at all. And even if you use this program and it's just a single mom or a single dad working in the evenings with their child, this program is going to benefit them. It's going to show you where they are, it's going to show you where they need to go, and it's going to show you what skills and how to get there. It is an online book on how to help recover your child. Hello fellow activists, last week I introduced you to step five of the 10 steps to empowerment, shore up spiritually. Let's talk more about finding ways to do that, how to find out what lifts your spirit, feeds your soul, and make it a practice. That practice is different things for different people. It could be the practice of meditation, of prayer, of community worship, or serving others, but it's the practice that will give you hope and faith and strength for the journey ahead for the marathon journey of raising a child with autism. I get inspired every day by the families of children with autism that I come into contact with. Like the parents of the nonverbal child who have not given up hope that that child will speak one day. Or the grandparents who should be enjoying their retirement but instead are joyfully raising their adult grandchild with autism. Or the mother who is fighting for services for her daughter while her marine husband is fighting a battle to keep our country safe. They all inspire me. My grandmother, Diddy, who is an angel who still guides me every day, had this quote inscribed in her Bible. I sought my soul, but my soul I could not see. I sought my God, but my God eluded me. I sought my brother, and I found all three. I think I'm finally starting to grasp the meaning of that. So feed your soul, lift your spirit, and until next time, keep the faith. Okay, and we are back with Let's Talk Autism, and I am Stan Laurel. And I'm Oliver Hardy. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Stanley! Isn't that what he says all the time? Yes, Stanley. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, here we are. So uh, thrilled to be back with you guys. Yes. And forgive us because we're in our Halloween costumes, right. but we've got great guests. We do. We have Trevor James Pacelli joining us now. Now, Trevor wrote the book Six Word Lessons on Growing Up Autistic, which we're going to get into in a minute. And he, as a child, published drawings in two children's magazines and at age 15 illustrated a children's autism awareness book, The Kindergarten Adventures of Amazing Grace, with his sister and author, Brianna. And he's had all sort of, sorts of accomplishments and writes movie reviews for his own website at trevorpacelli.com. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Hi, thanks so much for having me here. We're thrilled to have you here. Uh, so Trevor, the, where did this idea of six, why six words? Why not 16 words? Well, so the whole thing is that it's a part of my parents' book publishing company because like the whole idea of it is that it originates from this idea of, of someone who could write a story using only six words. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. And so, like, in that same way, my parents have set up this series of, of all of these 100 lessons that can tell you all about, well, a certain subject of the author's expertise, where the title of each lesson is six words. Just kind of that concept of it being very short and precise, so that way it can be very quick, efficient, and easy for someone to read, and a reading that can be done in only one sitting to read through. I love it. And so, so you already had this uh, format that your parents had talked about, six words, but what made you want to write this particular book? Well, the thing that really most made me want to write this was, was more about how, like, so few people really know what autism is, at least when I was growing up. I mean, I've seen an awful lot more improvement of it now lately since I've been an adult. But, like, especially when I was in grade school, middle school, and high school, like, no, none of my peers really knew much about what autism even was, and I don't recall there being any real curriculums used about, about teaching about what a mental disorder is really like and what it's about and how it affects other students and that could be like in their classroom. So I just wanted to write this to give others a perspective of what it's actually like from someone who grew up with it. So that way others could know what the autistic mind is like and how like not only that but you can also realize that Despite differences, we all can be friends with each other, despite differences. I love that. And you have it broken down into different areas about how important it is to understand a different view of the world, for example, time alone versus time with others, uh, sending out, getting out there to make friends, sudden changes are a big challenge. So there's broken down into areas that I guess you have direct experience with, right, Trevor? Yes. So you're, you're definitely dealing from your own experience, which really is helpful because I don't think I've ever seen a book like this that had it in such a really easy to understand format about the feelings of an autistic person. Yeah, that's kind of the whole idea of it because like when I was talking about this with my parents, when they first proposed this idea to me, it's just this 
that like usually when most people would go out and learn about what autism is like, they would have to rely on like all this pages of scientific research by these other scientists who don't, are not on the spectrum themselves. So I really do think it's valuable to have this perspective from someone who's actually lived through it, because what could be more valuable than that? It's, and I love the, the format of the book because it's so accessible. You know, uh, there, there's a phrase that I use because of graduate school. When I went to graduate school the very first week, one of our teachers, uh, we had been assigned so much reading that I was like, I, I love to read. I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. And plus, which, you know, there's other reading that you need to do supplementary to it. And so one of our professors said to us, look, you know, here's a reading list of books that you have to get, get done. And my suggestion to you would be to take them and stick them in your bathroom. And maybe you're going to read a page or two at a time, right. but you're going to, but over a year, you're going to get stuff done. And, and so we now refer to in my family bathroom books uh -huh. that are books that, <laughs> put, books that you put in the bathroom that for guests or for whoever that, you know, they pick up, read a page and right. it can be life changing because yeah. it's just that amount of time. And that's what this book is, Trevor. And I mean, this is a big compliment. I hope you take it that way, but it's a great bathroom book. Mm -hmm. Um, because you remember that book that was out, uh, this is what this reminds me of, the book that said li uh, Life's Little Instruction Booklet, and everybody right. was giving it to everybody like 20 years ago, right. and it was just one-page things that were these tips for life. I still use some of them. These, this is amazing, one-page things that you can read in just a couple of minutes, um, and then really sit and, and you know, stew on it for a month. Um, I, I think that it's really fascinating. Can you just like pick any page, Nancy, and read. Balance solo activities with parental interaction. So the need to be, to have solo activities, the needed time alone. I needed that last night as a reminder. Right. Dealing with my son. Because I think a lot of times as parents, we're so afraid to give them 10 minutes to themselves because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what could happen, well, what could happen is that they could get interested in something that's really good for exactly. them. Exactly. And we tend to helicopter too much. So see there, what a fabulous, fabulous tip. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing, Trevor, that you've done. Where can people get the book? You can purchase it on Amazon, and it can be bought for, for the Kindle, or you could get a paper copy like what you have right there with you. I, I just love it. Okay, so, but Trevor, you you got a diagnosis at the age of five, and your diagnosis was high-functioning. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And um, a lot of times people uh, tend to think that uh, individuals on the spectrum have a hyper-interest in some things as opposed to other things. It isn't true of everybody. Um, but one of the abilities that you have I understand is that you can name all of the best picture winners by heart from 1928 to now. Is that true? Yeah, very true. Yeah, just give me any year between 1928 to now. That's amazing. Well, I want to know what won in 1972. The Godfather. Wow, oh, that's cool. Nancy, you want to want to ask one? What won in 1981? Chariots of Fire. Ooh. Takes you right back, doesn't it? Does. it? Then you it remember does. that. I'll go, oh, I remember that year. Um, and I understand you also do a lot of assemblies for elementary schools on the topic of uh, Disney movies and how they relate to autism. I want to go and see I know. this. Tell uh, us <laughs> about that. Yeah, tell us about that. 
Well, basically, I set it up as an acronym called Autism is Belong, where each of the different letters in Belong relates to each of the different Disney movies of recently made. So that includes Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, and Moana. And each one of them connects each of the characters to autism in some way. So, like, an example could be, like, how Elsa in Frozen separates herself from everyone else, and that causes her to, to have little control for her powers. But when, she, when she's open and brings herself out to others, she has better control for her powers. And that's just like how, with autism, like, a lot of them would not be able to know how to express love or selfish feelings towards others. But they are capable of doing it. I provide an example of that by showing a, an image in my, in my PowerPoint of this couple with Down syndrome on their wedding day. So I'm just kind of showing that kind of, kind of stuff in assembly format to these grade school kids. And so far, I've done it at three different schools. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. And I'm sure that the kids in the elementary schools can love relate it. to it. Oh yes. That's a yeah, because when you do so much as mention the name of any Disney movie, they definitely go wild. And you write your own movie reviews for your own website. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's called Trevor's View on Hollywood, and so like I've had this site for about four years now, and. And so what I do with it is that I actually have like 28 different points on how to assess a movie that like judges it based on like like the acting and the quality of its editing and cinematography and costume design, music, and the direction, screenwriting, and even those have different subcategories to them. And I have a very, very complex system to to assessing each of these different points that I've worked on for like quite a long time. Like I set it up almost two and a half years ago and even now I'm making constant changes to it to give what I think is much more, more accurate and analytical analysis of a movie's quality from an objective analysis. And so, Trevor, you are someone who graduated from college already at 26 uh, with a degree in film and media studies. You're working right now, uh, living independently with two roommates. You, you drive your car. Um, you are not, I would imagine, you know, the, the job that you work, you have two separate things that you do for a company. Uh, both janitorial and marketing, which to me don't really go together. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm assuming, not that there's anything wrong with doing janitorial work, but I'm assuming that you prefer the marketing end of things. What's the end, what are you, what kind of a job are you looking for? What's your dream job? Well, I would say right now my dream job is to do my movie review stuff more full time. And I've kind of had like wild fantasies of maybe setting this up for as being its own company where I have more people coming to help me to do their own analysis on on this certain part of the, the points that I have with assessing a movie. 
So that way it can be much more accurate than the system that I have now. Okay, very good. I think that's well, wonderful. We wish, no. wish you the best of luck. We want to encourage people to get your book. Can you hold it up there, Nancy? Yes. Uh, so th this is the book. and Six Word Lessons in Growing Up Autistic. And again, where can we get it, Trevor? On Amazon. Okay. Okay. Thank Check you. it out, you guys. Great gift for the Thank holidays. you for joining us, Trevor. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely have Northwest Center to thank, too. Okay, Northwest yeah, Center. The company I work for. Okay, great. There you, you got the marketing got in. You got, you the, got the marketing, marketing in. in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Trevor, and good luck to you with all your future endeavors. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. Okay. Thanks, this Trevor. opportunity. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. What a, a really inspirational young man. Yes, he's accomplished so much. Yes, and I'm sure he's going to accomplish a lot more. We'll yeah. keep an eye on him. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to have author Lisa Combs is going to talk with us about her book, Push to Open, and talking about that universal right. design that uh, everybody's talking about. So stick with us. You say howdy, we say hi. Let's get wild, let's get wild. Let's get, let's get, 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 let's get wild. Hi, welcome back to Autism Live. I'm Lisa Ackerman, Executive Director of TACA. We're gonna bake again. All right. It's my lovely assistant. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lucero. We've heard so many people go, I want a decent chocolate chip cookie for my kid to eat. We've got our, um, all our dry ingredients. So I've got the flour, I've got the flaxseed meal, baking soda, baking powder, our gum, or xanthan gum. Great. So we're gonna get started in the mixer here. So there's our dry ingredients. Um, I do have uh, brown sugar. We did cut this down. And the one way to do that is my favorite, and that's maple syrup. I'm using egg for this recipe, but we could use more um, uh, arrowroot and also um, the flaxseed meal. So I'll go ahead and throw my eggs in here, which I love doing. So and then the last thing is a shortening and a gluten-free, casein-free butter replacement. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this in. Um, I've let it sit out for a while so it's nice and soft. So let's go ahead and mix this thing well. These are dairy-free, soy-free, and I really like them. Again, Enjoy Life is a great product. It's also nut-free. And chocolate chips are a personal thing. I won't judge you if you use the whole bag. I would. I know, right? <laughs> so here we go. Great recipe. It's the nice consistency. Um, everything's ready to go so we can enjoy our cookies here in just about 10 minutes. We want to give it a kind of like a couple inches between each cookie. You know, a lot of people are really concerned about aluminum, so what I've done is I laid down my uh, natural brown um, parchment paper and Jen's helping out putting the cookies down. So we're separating uh, the nice baked good that's all organic uh, from the aluminum cookie sheets. So let's go put these Great. in. So magic oven allows me to pull the last ones out. And voila. Yum, that's good. Really great cookies. I'll let you have a bite so you can do my Vanna White there too. Mm. So, yeah, these taste pretty good. good. Really good. Mm. We're going to come back later after I gain five pounds and <laughs> eat this entire tray. For sure. You know, more feedback is good. So if there's something you want us to convert, like a, another recipe or maybe a relative main, just let us know, autismlive at gmail.com. 
You can go to Facebook. Or there's thousands of recipes on the TACA website just waiting for you to explore. You can go to TACANOW, T-A-C-A-N-O-W.org. And we'll see you next time at Autism Live. high-functioning autism and I'd say I noticed somewhere between nine months and a year. Looking back now I can tell you everything. I mean there was no pointing, there was no shared experiences, speech was not coming, the interactive play was not coming, those things weren't happening. You know you go to the pediatrician they tell you well sometimes boys are slow or things might take a while to come along but it still wasn't happening and right when he hit the two-year-old room in preschool is when the wheels fell off the wagon. That's when we got some intervention. That's when we uh, figured out, you know, how we can address this problem. The first thing I did was I got a mentor because there's no book on what to do with your autistic child. I mean, there's many books, but your, each path is individual. So I got a mentor, a really nice woman named Marlene. She has a daughter with Asperger's, and she told me, go to psychiatrist so you can have your child fully diagnosed and a rock-solid diagnosis that can't really be attacked, call card and do whatever they tell you to do. <laughs> that was probably the thing she talked about the most. Get in touch with card and she actually put me in touch with Evelyn from card and calling card was like amazing because you really, I really felt like things were finally going to be okay. We were going to get the help we needed. We tried a, a number of different things before we could get into CARD, and you could really see the difference in the data keeping, really addressing what his issues were, whereas the other places we had been, it seemed pointless to me. We've talked about this, and I feel like we, we met a lot of really nice, well-intentioned people. Right. And then when we got to CARD, we met a lot of really nice people who could help us because they had the experience. It was ABA, which I think is the only way to go with your child if you're trying to overcome autism. And if you go to CARD, the people are so qualified and there's so much of a database on how to approach this. It's just like they come right in and we started off with, let's have Riley sit down for two seconds because he couldn't even get that. And we worked on baby steps until now he's in first grade and he's working at grade level. So it just starts with baby steps and it keeps working on because they have a way to approach every single problem, every single tantrum, every single thing you're going to come up with. They have a way to approach it and help you get through it. Yeah, I'm always amazed, like at our, our clinic, we'll be having a specific problem and, and how good they are, um, all of them, the therapists and your team leader at coming up with a solution, something to try, and it almost always works whatever the particular behavior you're trying to deal with. Uh, they're really good at them. They know the answers. He likes a lot of stuff I think regular seven-year-olds like. He likes to swim. He loves to um, swim. He's a fish. Likes to uh, ride a scooter. Loves Toy Story. Loves playing on the iPad. Loves Justin Bieber. Good job, buddy. High five. High five. Oh High five. Yeah. Card's been good about encouraging us to do things that maybe wouldn't occur to us, like him learning to ride a bike was really them saying, hey, it's time, let's do this, and helping. 
us do that. And so he can ride a bike. He's still working on, on the brakes a little bit, but you know, he can pedal a bike. We can go to Balboa Park and he'll, he'll ride happy as a clam along the bike path. If you think something's wrong, it's not about you. Don't bury your head in the sand. Go get help, because the help is out there to make your life and your child's life just so much better. And if you're lucky enough to get in with CARD, I can't even tell you what a difference it's made in our lives from four years ago. Just the quality of life we have, the quality of life Riley has, the progress he's made from being a child who wanted to stay in his room and play Toy Story and line up his Toy Story dolls all day to a first grader who's working at grade level. It couldn't have happened without card intervention, without ABA, and without all the wonderful people we've had. Stanley, we don't have Lisa Combe. <laughs> I don't know no, where we she don't. is. We don't know what happened. Uh, we to don't her. know what happened, but we can't reach her. It might be a. a, a we hope she's okay. We but her book is pushed to open, and we'll have her. Uh, if she, uh, if Lisa, if you're watching, we're looking for you. Could have been uh, a time zone issue. A lot of times we, we tell people time zones, and and they're in different time zones. And right. The math right. is not properly done on our end or theirs, you know, could be could be anything, right? Could be. Uh, but anyway, push to open. We want to talk about it. So Lisa, if you're watching this, call us and we'll get you on uh, so that, or today or another time. But uh, we said that we were going to talk a little bit about the Halloween thing because I met you and uh -huh. was intimidated by you. Let's say that, right? And then there was a story that was breaking that you asked if you could come on Autism Live to talk about. It was a young boy who had been missing. Right. You went to a news station uh, to help, you know, cover the story and mm -hmm. also to help find this boy. Help find him. And yeah. you, were, you were part and parcel of everything. It was an amazing story of how they found this young man. Um, and so you came on Autism Live to talk about this breaking story, and you and I just hit it off. We did. We were just like a house on fire. We just couldn't <laughs> stop talking to each other. And so we said, let's do this all the time. Let's do this once right, a week. And right. thus, let's talk autism with Shannon. And Nancy was born. And then the first Halloween rolled around, and Nancy says to me, we should dress up for Halloween. I said, well, that's a clever idea. Right. Let's do that. Let's and she says, let's do Lucy and Ethel, because people had called us the Lucy and, and Ethel, Ethel of, autism. of autism. So we said, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's be the Lucy and Ethel of autism. And I didn't I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I went and last minute, like I do everything, bought this horrible... Polka dot dress, as I recall. Uh, yes. Uh, I just and found it in the movie. Pearls. Right and I had pearls to be Ethel. And I bought this terrible Marilyn Monroe wig that wasn't right, but I kind of tried to style it in this, you know, uh, there there we are. There we are. Now, don't I look like Martha Washington? I look like George <laughs> Washington in drag. And, of course, I, I was like. Lucy. And, and let me just say, uh, like, she wore the Lucy wig, and I... I 
you this costume is vintage. Yes, it was a vintage uh, costume, that, I rented costume. that was a Lucy dress. Uh, like basically. like Lucy probably wore it and in she, one of the episodes. She might have, and I got shoes, spectator shoes that like she would have worn. And then she did like hours of tutorials and how to on do makeup. The yeah, Lucy I, makeup. The which type of false eyelashes to get, how to do the lips like she did them, how to do her makeup like she did it. She was amazing, <laughs> and I looked like George Washington in drag. And you and felt I, very, oh, un, I mean, underdone. I, I was like, oh, I have shown up to the party that where everybody's in diamonds wearing jeans with holes in them and not like the jeans with holes in them that are fashionable. And I was like, oh, i got to step up my game. Right. So, so the next year. And, and we have a collage that shows the next three years. Uh, so I don't know if you guys can see in the bottom there, we were the two queens. Queens. We were Queen Elizabeth I and the current queen. And the current queen. So that was. And Shannon, you did a great job because I told you you had to have a corgi. And, and you brought me a purse. I brought you a purse. I yeah. started on the dress the day before, but I made a pretty cool dress with a pretty cool sash, and my husband made me a crown. Right. As all husbands and should And you had do. the accent down. And so there we are. But your costume was exceptional. But the thing about my costume that made my costume was that you said to me, you have to have the corgi. Right. So you and got the dog. So the I got a corgi. dog. And, and we had a blast. We did. That we was need to resurrect these two That ladies. was fun. That was that fun. was a really fun time. And so so the next year, I don't know if you can see up above that, we uh, I was Julia Child and I was Martha Stewart. So I wore a prison uniform with my <laughs> Chanel pearls and shoes. Right. And then the next year, so there we are, uh, Julia Child. You were you were a little bit unhappy with me because I didn't dye my hair. I know. I, I meant to, just like I meant to today. Uh, yeah. I, I had a spray brown <laughs> and then I chimped out on it. And then I had a spray black today, and, and Jim was like, oh, you don't have to. And so I didn't do it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I tried my best, but I, I wasn't up to par with you then either. And uh, then we were Ellen. And Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell, O'Donnell. Which right. was very exciting for me because then uh, the following year I got to meet Rosie O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. And very excited to meet her as she ran up to me on the red carpet and said, I know you. <laughs> I watch Autism Live all the time. That Are was she like, really? I was very excited about that. And she does. She watches, She's an autism mom. She's watching Autism okay. Live. So that was very fun. Now if we could only get and Alan we to don't, watch. The one thing we don't have up is what oh, we were last year, which was Cher and Adele. Cher and Adele last year. And right. I had all my Grammy Awards. But there we There's are. There's Ellen as Rosie and Rosie. And Ellen. Uh, that's a pretty decent picture. We actually look a little bit like Yeah, we did. You were hilarious. One of the things that we do after we do the show when we're in costume is that walk we, around. we usually tour the offices. Uh, it isn't usually Halloween day. Uh, but we tour the offices and spread uh, light and cheer. Right. And especially with Adele and Cher last year, it was hilarious. But I got to say, when you were Ellen, it was hilarious. Everybody wanted a picture with you. <laughs> I was she, dancing. You looked, you looked like Ellen, and you were very sporty like Ellen, and you were dancing everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it was fabulous. So we have a good time. Uh, today, there, uh, there's a whole luncheon, because they do a potluck. Oh, really? Uh, yes, yeah, so you have to come to the potluck and be... You have to be Laurel and Hardy. Okay, we'll uh, do that. We need to work up some sort of comedy routine. I, I know. To tell I, you. I just know he goes like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
Exactly. Uh, and I'll just go, Stanley, disapprovingly. Right. Because uh, that's pretty much what uh, Oliver, Oliver and Hardy do. Now, I, the little known fact, there's a fun thing about my wedding that has to do with Oliver Hardy. Yeah. The gentleman who married us uh -huh. at my wedding played Oliver Hardy at Universal Studios. Oh, really? That was kind of how we found him, was that a mutual friend said, oh, I, you know, you're looking for somebody to marry you. There's this guy. So um, he was a larger man, right? Bald, um, and with the little Hitler mustache. Okay. And so in my, and when he's dressed up as Oliver Hardy, you know he looks like Oliver Hardy. But when he's not dressed up as Oliver Hardy, he looks like a fat Hitler. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And, and so he, we he was wearing a black shirt, and we had a black background because we got married in a theater. And um, and so was our our colors were black, white, and red. So everything was black and white with red roses. And so the pictures of our wedding, there's Jim standing there in black and red, and me standing there in white. And and it looks like there he's totally dressed in black, but he's on a black background. So it looks like there is this mystical floating head. <laughs> it looks like the head of Fat Hitler is marrying us, uh, <laughs> like inside of a crystal ball. It's not the best thing, um, <laughs> but it is it when, is what it is. Only you would have wedding pictures like that. And, you know, and we've been married uh, 16 and a half years, going on 17, so I guess it didn't hurt us any. No. And he said a very, it was a beautiful ceremony, and he said a beautiful uh, Celtic poem that I, I don't remember it, but I can paraphrase that I love because I still think about this, that it was this thing about you're the they're the last person that I want to see before I go to sleep tonight and the first person I want to see when I wake up in the morning, which is still true. So I love that. So if you're watching, Jim, still true, even though it was <laughs> Fat Hitler, <laughs> Oliver Hardy, who married us. And there you have it, folks. Now, uh, we we still don't have Lisa Combs, so no, I wanted so to take a minute. we're going to have to rebook her for another day. That's okay, and we'll do that we'll, when, when there's more time to do that. Uh, but if you're interested, in the meantime, get Push to open. Um, you can buy this at all major booksellers. It's a teacher's quick guide to universal design for teaching students on the autism spectrum in general education classroom, which is a thing that we need desperately. It's a great manual. It's got everything from seating charts. I mean, very particular things about, I mean, there's a, even a thing about smell uh -huh. and how when things don't smell right in the classroom, it can drag things down. Right. It talks about behavior and about, like, um, things, oh, I love this, reducing auditory clutter. Oh, my gosh. As a teacher, that is so helpful. Mm -hmm. Talks about everything. Con teacher, consider your voice volume because sometimes talking louder isn't the ticket. Right. Right? Um, how to do um, sound-absorbing items in your classroom. Teach students to control voice volume. Practice what volume of voice you can, heard, uh, can be heard at different distances. Uh, provide whisper phones for students to read aloud or to talk to partners. Um, monitor and limit unnecessary adult conversations. I don't know about you, but it really cheeses me off when I go to a school and they say, well, we don't like to have adults come in to interrupt, um, so parents can't come in at all, you can't do anything. Um, but then they have 
constant interruptions where people will come in in the middle of a class and talk to a teacher about something that clearly could wait. Makes me crazy. This is a great book. Push. Okay, to we're going to get open. her back online. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll but let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we had uh, our big Denim Diamonds uh, and Stars gala. And it really was lovely. It was a great event, wasn't it? It really there was. There were some was, amazing and, guests and there. How about that? That's a pretty cool <coughs> picture. There we go with Joe Montaigne and Joanne, and Joanne Laura. Laura from Autism Works Now, who received our Golden Cowgirl Award. It, and what? Oh my gosh! And there you are with from uh, uh, Nick. Uh, it's Garcia Gonzalez. Gonzalez you're right, from Nick Gonzalez from the from Good Doctor. The Good Doctor. Uh, you know, a, a kind of a handsome young man. Yeah, let's very say that. handsome. Eye candy. And there's the uh, red carpet. Yes, uh, our good friend BJ working the red carpet. Right. And, and the the lady in the blue tutu who would never ever let go of a guest. You guys can watch our coverage of, and they get to hear me babble because it's just me talking endlessly while mm -hmm. I'm waiting for guests to come mm -hmm. up. And um, the lady in the blue tutu, there are rules on the red carpet where, you know, you're only supposed to ask a certain number of questions and then you're supposed to release the people. They're there. Right, because there are other event. people waiting for them. They're there to do an expose. Yeah. And, and I love being on the carpet with people and, you know, and, and all the things that happen. And I like to maintain a sense of humor about it. Um, and I was very nice to the girl in the blue tutu who did not understand time limits. No, she kept grabbing guests. Oh, my gosh. And not allowing them to move further down the line. And just, you know, I mean, talk to Martin Sheen for like 35 minutes. Right, right. Knowing <laughs> that I was standing there waiting to talk to Martin Sheen, got to talk to him for two minutes. So, you know, I, I was very polite to her, but I was about at the end of my rope. Uh, and you guys can listen to all of that. That's if right. You watch the live footage and hear me saying, and so if the girl with the blue tutu would release something ever. <laughs> um, but uh, We had a West Wing reunion right there oh, on the red carpet. Oh, my god. We had Gary Cole, yes. Dulé Hill, Hill. Uh, Richard Schiff, Richard who Schiff, was getting an award. Who got the award, and Martin Sheen. So That's they amazing. all got together on the red carpet. It was amazing. But here's the other thing about the girl in the blue tutu that wasn't, uh, the, like, uh, next time I'm going to say something to her if she's there again. But I loved her blue tutu. But you know what did happen is because she kept Martin Sheen on the red carpet for so long. Uh -huh. Did you notice when Richard Schiff, when it was time to give his award, which was like two hours later after the red carpet, um, they said, well, we have a very special guest to introduce Richard. And Martin Sheen got up and people in the audience went, Martin Sheen is here? Like, they had no idea because right. he had been kept on the red carpet for so, so long, long right. that nobody knew that he was there. And I was like, mm, now see if the girl in the blue tutu hadn't done that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, I'm, I'm a little rule-oriented, right? They give us, they everybody gives you the nice, polite talk whenever you go to do a red carpet. And they'll go, now, we're limiting it to two minutes with each guest and move it along and da-da-da-da. And I, I'm like, I do my two minutes. Uh, anyway. Um, but it was a great, and to see the four of them together it was really now, exciting. Here's something, here's a reason why to watch our live footage. There was uh, a point when, um, because they were, she was talking to Martin Sheen, Richard Schiff came down and was talking with me and Gary Cole, and they were waiting for Martin. So I did get a longer interview with the two of them, and I said, hey, in this environment in which people are bringing back all these shows, I'm just saying, is right. it a right. I was the hugest West Wing fan. And I said, is it a possibility? And they said, well, you know, I mean, the truth is we've had conversations mm -hmm. with Aaron Sorkin mm -hmm. about it, but the problem is, is that most of the people that we would want to be president can't be president. 
Like, you can't bring Martin Sheen back and be president. Why not? And because two terms. He can't oh, come, right, he right, can't come right. back and be president again. And they were saying, you know, and, Mar and by this time, Jimmy Smith already would have been elected twice. And so, you know, who do you make president? Right. And Gary Cole said, well, the obvious answer is to make Allison Janney president. Oh, yeah. And I went... I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, and I, I just held the microphone out to them, and then the two of them started talking about it. And Richard Schiff said, well, I have this idea, you know, and then they were started talking, go watch it. It's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. To watch them brainstorming. Uh, and, I just, and I just got really quiet, you know, that whole Hamilton song right. about when you're in the room. I was like... I'm in the room with a microphone and a live feed. I'm going to shut up right. and let these two gentlemen talk. And then they had a whole conversation about Gary Cole's work on Veep. Right. Do you watch Veep? I don't watch Veep. Oh, it's so funny. It is so funny. My <laughs> husband and I watch it and Weep doubled over. <laughs> and Richard Schiff said this amazing thing about Gary Cole. He said, you know, if you watch Gary Cole on the show, what you will see is him being he's being serious. He's doing Shakespeare while all these other people are doing all this other stuff, right. which adds to the funny, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. Gary Cole is playing it completely straight, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the lines are so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's about the funniest show there is. Anyway, it was Anyway, I think great. we're out of time. Are we out of time? We're over. Somebody we're over. needs to pull a, a hook right. and get me off. Exactly. Um, but anyway, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Please take it easy Thanks tonight. for joining Laurel and Hardy today. And yes, take it easy tonight on yourself and on your kiddos. Take the picture and then let it go. Right. Whatever it is, it is. Uh, I'm going to try to do that myself. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to do that? We'll yeah. do the best we can. Do the and, best we can. And enjoy as much of it as you can. I'm, we're not doing a live show tomorrow. We're back next Wednesday. But the, the beta of our new website starts tomorrow, and we're releasing our new gift guide tomorrow. So you want to go to beta.autism-live.com and check it out. You'll click on the toy guide. But also look around, poke around, tell us if there are bugs, tell us if there are things that aren't working things that you wish were a different way, I think you're going to love it. Okay. So that starts tomorrow, beta.autism-live.com. Okay, uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. We'll see Until you. then, yeah. give your kiddos a hug from me. And yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for now. Happy Halloween.